Brandon Simberg. Brandon, um, of course, Brandon was formerly a U of I student, and now he's like, he's a big time guy now. He's like all over the globe and, you know, college basketball fan, but now he's more than a fan. Brandon, tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, so I've spent the last two years uh, doing some NBA draft scouting and, you know, high school, college scouting as well. Um, over at Fansided's Busting Brackets, a college basketball website. You know, I think this year I went to 34 college games, ranging from I saw the Illini in Vegas to games in Portland to games, you know, at Purdue or anywhere I can really travel to and from in Chicago. So saw over 30, you know, 30 plus college games. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Simberg. That's where I have a lot of my public reports. I do some private stuff as well for I'm helping a sports agency out right now through the pre-draft process, as well as kind of sending my reports to NBA teams and whatnot. So, you know, I do a little bit of everything in the scouting realm, but watched a lot of basketball this year. Of course, you know, going to Illinois, I keep uh, I keep tabs on the Illini roster and what they're up to. And, I mean, really no better person to talk to about that than you. So thanks for having me on today. <laughs> Hey, no problem. That sounds fun. Hey, for, we'll we'll get to the Illini roster, but let's talk about where you've been the last few weeks. You've been out. You've been to Portsmouth. You've been to some agency workouts. You had a lot of. You've been busy. You know, out traveling, watching hoops. So tell tell me what you saw as you've been out and about these last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I was at the Portsmouth Invitational, which is a senior only combine in uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, uh, three weeks ago. And, you know, Trent Frazier playing it last year. So it's kind of like that range of guy. Like most of those guys won't be at the NBA draft combine or the G League elite camp. But it's, you know, the NBA this year, they've added a third two-way spot to the roster. So I think there's a little bit more of an emphasis of, you know, guys outside the top 60, 80, giving them a look for, you know, two-way spots on the roster. It's a good chance for seniors to kind of prove themselves. Uh, one guy in particular I thought really helped himself was Missouri's Demoy Hodge, who – I mean, I feel like he had a good game against Illinois. I don't have the, the box score pull up in front of me, but it, it seems like everyone in Missouri played well that night. <laughs> they all had a good game. In that, <laughs> I don't need to double check that. Um, but, you know, guys like Demoy Hodge from Missouri had a really good night. Serge Abari Rice from Texas, a, uh, a sixth-year senior, was playing at a low major before Texas, went to the Longhorns, was a pretty integral part of their tournament run and their success this season. He won MVP. He had a big weekend. Uh one time, Illini target Tiger Campbell was there, and he, you know, did pretty well for himself despite his size. He was one of the better point guards in the event. So Portsmouth two weeks ago was a lot of fun, and then I was, and then I saw uh, Nike UIBL session one a few weekends back in Atlanta or the Georgia area. Ran into Illini coaches Tim Anderson, uh, Chester Frazier while I was out there, but that for me that was really good to see a range of high school guys you know i saw like the boozer twins and cooper flag but you know kept a close eye on like mean streets as well um that trey mckinney kid in 2025 he's the real deal man that kid is really good a lot of talent um a lot of coaches in to see him i saw a line i commit merez johnson and you know what i thought was interesting about watching him and former line i target now unc commit james brown is that those two are kind of playing playing on their own teams now they're not both on mean streets so to kind of see them play without each other, I thought was good because I think it helped them both a little bit, kind of took away from some of the spacing issues where Merez is really playing as the only, as the, like the, he was the only kind of interior player and the spacing around him was good. His athleticism looked good. I thought his free throw, his mechanics looked better. Didn't hit a lot of jump shots, but it looks better. And so I thought Merez looked a lot better at EYBL two weeks ago. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Big guys in AAU do not get the ball, though, 
you know, it's like, a, you know, it's a different world. Like people think, well, you know, it's like when Illinois had Kofi and they just throw it in the post. No, it doesn't work that way in AAU. It's like it, occasionally you get a tip dunk <laughs> or a pick and roll. And that's it. That's the only chance you have to get it if you're a big guy. So um, not a lot of touches from Rez. But, yeah, I, I thought he looked good. I thought he did a good job of, you know, he he's really good. The one thing about him is he's probably he's 6'9", maybe 6'10", according to talking to him. Um, he's grown a little bit, and he he's able to move his feet out on the perimeter too. So when they switch and he they he hedges the balls, it won't be like when they're playing. You know, if he's a five, which is where they project him being more of a in college as a five, and mm-hmm. he he can switch that ball screen or hard hedge or you know do those things that you don't have to be like a drop coverage all the time like you do with did with Dana Kofi. So I, I think that's intriguing for him. Yeah, I really like. Yeah, first, when I saw him a few years ago, I was like, can you kind of turn him into a big wing, a big three, four? But I think playing at the five would probably suit him best, especially because, again, he's not the best outside shooter. But if he's playing at the five, then you can kind of surround him with four guys that are shooters. And yep. yeah, his ability to roll, finish through contact, and he's he's already really strong. Like he's yeah, he is. one of the strongest phys- you know, physical guys out there. So I think him transitioning to the five, which, again, playing away from James, who's also a five, allows him to do that. So I'm excited to kind of see him grow into that five-man role for Mean Streets this year and then for St. Rita next year because James has transferred to Link Academy, I believe, in Missouri. Yeah, yes. And then and then uh, Melvin Bell going to La Lumiere. Um, so it seems like every you – know, I, I, from what I understand, there's going to be a bunch of kids leaving the state of Illinois over the next few weeks you know, transferring out to these prep schools. And it seems to be the common theme now. Uh, but I think there's some kids transferring in too. So it's – College basketball also has its transfer port, or high school basketball also has its transfer portal in full effect uh, right now. We were, we were talking before the show. Speaking of the transfer portal, we were talking before the show. It's like here we are talking about college basketball, and in the past we'd be thinking, "Hey, we got one spot to fill. Can we find a guy late? You know, a late signee?" And now it's it's the portal, and it college basketball has become a year round thing now, as opposed to you know, fall visits and getting those commitments then and, you know, the spring AAU season. The spring AAU season was almost like, eh, it was okay, but the portal's more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a 30 for 30 fan, you're probably a diehard Illinois basketball, college basketball fan. And so I would assume you're pro transfer portal because, yeah, here we are on May 1st and there's things to talk about. Like, Hunter Dickinson should be committing this week if he hasn't already by the time you're listening to this. Hunter Dickinson is one of the best big men in college basketball, whether you like him or not, like incredibly productive player. And he still hasn't decided where he's going to play at. It's just, it's kind of content all off season. It gives you a lot to think about. And there's just a lot of creative ways to build a team. Now you're not stuck into this. Ah, well, this is how we wanted to play two years ago. And these, this was our plan. We have to stick to it. These coaches now every year you have to adjust and kind of build a, a team on the fly, not on the fly necessarily, but you got to think quickly as to how do I really want to play next year? How did it work last year and make adjustments? And so I think, you know, roster building now more than ever is at a premium. Yeah, I I agree. I I think you see that teams are saying, you know, I got to, if you have a guy like a, let's say a Hunter Dickinson or a Kofi Coburn, you're going to play a certain way. But then when you have guys like, but you know, if you have a dynamic guard, you're going to play a different way. And so then you find guys to fill around that guy, like Illinois with Kofi, you saw what they did was they wanted to surround him with a bunch of guys who could shoot, 
you know, with Jacob Grandison. Jake Grandison was a great fit at Illinois when you had Kofi Coburn inside. So there are those types of things that 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 go and and how they fit is 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 part of this. And that roster building is key. And so let's let's change gears now. Let's talk about roster building. Let's talk about the University of Illinois. Obviously, Illinois adds added some guys, some guys I'm sure you've had a chance to watch. What what are your thoughts on their transfer portal additions? You know, um, from SIU, from Utah Valley, you know, et cetera, uh, the, the guys that they've added in the portal. Yeah, I'll, so I'll start with Quincy Guerrier or Guerrier, uh, just because he's probably the guy I've seen most playing on two Oregon teams that had some NBA prospects and even dating back to his days at Syracuse. And I saw, so I saw Oregon live last year in November and they just, they were kind of a mess. They were really banged up at the time. But you, you talk about roster building. And I, I like Dan Altman. I think he's a good coach. He did a, a really bad job, if I'm being honest, with the roster last year. They had a bunch of fives and fours and tried to go for this like jumbo team thing, which kind of forced Quincy to play on the perimeter and play the three a little bit more than he'd want to. But if you go back to his Syracuse film, when he was playing at the four, which I think suits him better, he looked a lot better. So I think you know Quincy last year maybe didn't have the statistical leap or he didn't grow as much as you might have hoped. But I think a lot of that was their weird team fit. And I think when it comes to Illinois, I think they'll ask him to play more for maybe even some five at time. And despite, I mean, he's like six, seven, six, eight. Um, he's an incredibly strong guy. He's physical. He actually does a lot of the traditional kind of post, like post player things that you'd want. He rebounds well. He can absorb contact on defense. So I think moving him to the four and maybe the five will help him. And, you know, we talk about coaches in roster building, but players also have to go to places that like actually make sense for them. And I think after the year he had at Oregon, that makes sense for him. Yeah, Quincy, you mentioned his days at Syracuse. I was talking to Brad Underwood's, uh, you know, you know, uh, and and what he thought was that he could get the Quincy, Quincy from Syracuse. But then he's expanded his game a little bit. So now you have more of a stretch. You get a guy who can also play a stretch four. So he can space the floor a little bit more than he did at Syracuse. So now you've got a, maybe the best of both worlds. If you can get the guy, the interior guy at Syracuse with a jump shooter you got at Oregon, and you got a really special guy then. You got a guy who could really be good in a complimentary role. Um, what about Marcus Damask from, uh, from uh, SIU? Have you seen a little bit of him? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of SIU and Domask. Again, especially once he committed here, I was like, ah, I'll check him out. And, I mean, he can fill it up. Like, he's not the most dynamic or the best athlete. but And I know he was, you know, playing at SIU. It's, like, not the best competition. But you don't stumble into three straight seasons of 15 points per game without having some craft to your game and having some ability to get buckets. And I think he's a tough shot maker who a lot of times was kind of asked to take tough shots. So now if you can get him playing at Illinois where – He's, you know, playing with a guy like Terrence Shannon or these, one of these point guard targets that they're looking at in the portal. Um, now he can play off the ball a little bit. And I think this is a guy that has experienced being the man and being the number one like scoring option. And he transferred probably because he wasn't looking for that. I think this is a guy that wants to win. He wants to compete. He wants to buy in. So I like the fact that Underwood with those two guys, A, got older. Like these are two fifth-year seniors. So experience is now – for a team entering the offseason, we weren't sure how, how old Illinois would be next year. Now they added three fifth-year seniors with Harmon, too. But Domas seems to me like a guy that's going to be willing to buy in and accept a smaller role, which I think could help his efficiency. 
Yeah, I, I like all. I like both those guys. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I'm probably higher on Justin Harmon than other guys because I watched the NIT. <laughs> so if you watched him in the NIT, you're like, this kid's like legit. You're wondering that you start going back and looking at the numbers, saying, why wasn't he this good all year? And because in the NIT, he was legit. I mean, he was a against really good competition too. Like he wasn't just playing against, you know, in at Utah Valley. So it's almost like a guy who wanted the big stage once that t- challenge against that competition, he's clearly athletic enough. Um, so now you, you know, you, you, what do you get out of him? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I remember watching Harmon all the way back at Curie um, mm-hmm. when he was there in high school and those Curie teams, they weren't the most talented. Like they didn't have as much talent as the Simeons, Morgan Parks or Winnie Young's back then, but they won a lot of games. And it's just because he's tough. He's a pit bull. He's competitive. And I think it's kind of, that dog that like mm-hmm. Chester Frazier really buys into. Like, I'm yeah. not saying it reminds me of Chester's or Frazier, but they both have that pit bull mentality in the backcourt. And I think, I think defensively is where he might provide the biggest impact. Like, I know you have sincere Harris, but Harmon's got a little more girth to him. I think he's a little bit taller. You know, that's another guy like if him and Harris play together, you could really lock up some opposing backcourts. And then on the ball. Yeah. He's another guy who scored it a lot and took a decent amount of shots at the low major level. But now he comes to Illinois, and he's got more talent around him than he's ever had before. So he can, he gives you a guy that can kind of slow it down in the half court, get you into your sets, which, you know, Illinois last – the point guard situation last year. <laughs> went off Less the than ideal. Less yeah, than ideal. <laughs> Starting point guard Panthers midseason, like, tough to build around. But now you have a guy like Harmon who, again, four-year college guy, two or at Juco, but still an older guy that can play on the ball. And again, just seems to be willing to buy in to the team. I don't think he, I don't think he's coming here expecting to be the guy. And I think that's fine for what Illinois has because, you know, I think me and you are both are we think Terrence Shannon probably coming back. Like we're both kind of yeah. under that assumption. Like that's that's your superstar. That's your guy. He was first yep. team all last year, and now you're trying to build around him. And I think Harmon, with both his defense and his ability to kind of slow things down and get the team organized will be a good fit for that. Yeah, it seems to me like y- you hope that you don't have to play guys as many minutes as you played Shannon and and like Coleman Hawkins last year because you want to – and part of it is like I, – I talked to Brad a little bit about this too, Brad Underwood, and he's like, you got to – they got to show me that I want to play 10 – I'm going to play 10 or 11 guys, but I got to have 10 or 11 guys that show me they can play as opposed to I'm not just going to put them out there just because. So I think you got these old guys – They've shown they can do it, and so he'll he'll give them some time. And I think Harmon provides that security uh, at in the backcourt. But but let's be clear, they still want a point guard, right? So so we all kind of you know it's the unwritten thing. Like who do we think is going to be the point guard at Illinois next year? We all think the same thing, right? We we're all kind of leaning towards Ray J. Dennis from Toledo being the ideal guy to add this. Obviously, you know originally from Oswego, um, and you know. In Illinois, be a fifth-year senior, MAC Player of the Year. You know, had a, just a fantastic year this year at Toledo. What have, What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I was like watching him as a kind of a fringe NBA guy. I mean, he had a monster year at Toledo, and even dating back to again another local kid. So I got to see him at high school, Oswego East, I believe. Um, in high school, I was like, oh, like this is a pretty good guy for Boise State back in the day. Like I've always kind of liked this kid. Um, but he's, he's not the he's not like the biggest. I think he's he's got true point guard, but he's got point guard size at six two. Like he's also not 
know, I liked Jaden Epps, but he was definitely a little bit undersized. I don't think he'll run into that issue with Ray J. And yeah, another guy who I like his like three level scoring ability. I feel like he can get to the rim, pretty ambidextrous finisher. He can use both hands, got good touch in the mid range. And another guy who was like 36% from three, but if his usage isn't as high and he gets more yeah. open looks, I think he could easily shoot over 40% from three. I really like the way his yeah. shot looks. And then he passed it really well too. Like last year he was up to nearly six assists a game, barely turned it over. Like this is a guy who I think could have all Big Ten potential. I, I really do. Like you talk about the point yeah. guard of the Big Ten next year. And I, I mean, I, I think like Jameer Young for me, would Jameer Young and Boo Booey, I'd probably give them like the nod as like the top guards in the Big Ten, assuming Boo comes back. But after that, there's a lot of interesting guys. I think Ray J, if he does come to Illinois, could easily be number three. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, the one thing about it is you'll have a guy who actually gets into the paint and might pass it, which is not something Illinois did much of last year, right? It was like, you know, I, I'll never – you're sitting there. I was sitting there talking to – I talked to – I was talking to Chester one time, and he's like, man, nobody passes. You know, they drive in the paint, and it's just head down, going to the – everybody's trying to get a shot, and nobody's a creator. And that's what they really lacked, and – Having a guy who could get in the paint, find guys, would be, you know, ideal for this team. Yeah, I think it'll make life a lot easier for Dane Danger or if Illinois goes and gets another five in the portal or Quincy if he's kind of playing down low or even guys like Luke Goody on the perimeter. I think, you know, Ray J is, will be the, you know, the best passer Dane's played with at Illinois. Yeah. Luke, you could, you know, you can make the case like Curbelo when he was on. But yeah. that year Curbelo and Luke played together was kind of, eh. yeah. So like, it's the it's the best passer I think a lot of these guys have played with, and it'll put a lot of guys in position to succeed. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that'd be fun to watch. So, so the other, you know, we talked about Terrence Shannon. We both kind of expect Terrence back. Um, seems like it's, you know, he wants to go through the process, you know, and see where he's at. But seems like he's got a great NIL uh, potential at Illinois, and and you know, and I I do think that he has a chance to play in the NBA. At some point, you know, down the road, maybe on a two-way, maybe and as he develops, you know, he could be more. But, but I think coming to Illinois and, and showing his being a little more consistent with the jumper, and kind of getting to play with a guy who's more of a true point guard may really help him on this. You know, he's still your star, but man, if you put these guys around him that they're that they have, you'd have a really good group of older guys that could really play well together. And could really be good, and so I think Terrence returning is it seems like the 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 right move, and maybe the the projected move right now. Yeah, and you know the thing with Terrence is like the, at least the swing skill for him has always been the jump shot, right? Like he's never yeah. been a real like a great shooter. He's streaky. Like you have games like UCLA where he goes yeah. in for nine. When he's shooting like that, he looks like a first round pick. But then you have stretches, as we saw last year, where he's like two for 15 over a four game stretch and it just doesn't look yep. good. But if you look at Terrence's four years of college, he's never really played with like a true point guard. Like even at Texas tech, he was playing with Mac McClung who score first yeah. shot, you know, shot getting guard. He wasn't a pass first guard again, Illinois last year. Didn't really have a true point guard around him. A lot of times Terrence was kind of forcing the on ball roles. So I think play, if they do get Ray J Dennis, or just a, a more traditional pass-first point guard, that will get Terrence a lot more looks. And I'm not fully convinced like he is a very good shooter, but at least playing, at least we'll have more open looks and we'll get a better sense of it. Yeah, I think something he can he definitely improve on. And I think it's also 
having the right guy, it's amazing how having a facilitator makes everybody else look better. You know, so guys become better shooters all of a sudden, magically. Um, and so the, the other guy that's, you know, entered into the NBA draft is Coleman Hawkins. And uh, with the addition of Quincy, it seems like maybe Coleman would have to accept a role as playing a little more five and four, some four, but more, more five too. And what are your thoughts? Do you think Coleman is, uh, is uh, amenable to that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like coming into last year, Hawkins started, you know, we all forget Coleman started as the center and we thought Illinois was going to do this positionless kind of like Coleman at the center, switch everything defense. But like, that's actually really hard to do in college. Like it's, it's actually hard to get five guys to play this switch everything defense. And then when you, when you bring in danger, you're doing drop coverage. So I think it's hard to kind of balance the, okay, we're playing drop now. We're switching everything now. And so you kind of saw a lot more of him at the four. Also, I think Dane was a little better than I thought. Um, but I I do think Coleman, like he is like, he's really tall. He has legit legitimate height. He can block shots. We saw that last year. Like this is a guy that sees action on the other side of the court, rotates over, uses length to block it. But I think, I think he can play the five and stretches, but I really don't think like that's what he's cut out for. You know, I kind of get flashbacks to the Indiana game in Champaign where they tried to single coverage him on Trace Jackson Davis. And now Trace, great player, but it just seems like he could score and will. That didn't go well. That didn't yeah, go well. <laughs> and even like Hunter Dickinson had stretches where he looked utterly dominant against Hawkins. And so like while I like Hawkins' defensive potential, and I think you can get away with it at stretches, I do think he's more cut out to be a four, both at the next level, but even in college for the most part. Yeah. So it seems to me like Coleman's probably leaning towards at least either staying in the draft or possibly even going into the portal. Um, at some point, if, if things don't go, you know, if he doesn't get the feedback he wants from the draft, does that sound like what you're hearing too? Yeah. Based on the conversations I've had, like with people that know a situation, it does. I, I would be surprised if he came back to Illinois. Um, you know, I do think if he does come back, like now there's a little bit more of an overlap with Quincy where now Quincy kind of has to slide down to three, which I, you know, as I just talked about, like, I don't really think is cut out for him. And I think a lot of your best players, are these big front court players that maybe can't all play the air at the same time. So I, I think the Quincy signing was like, you know, maybe a little bit insurance for Coleman. Like they would make it, they would make it work if he came back, but maybe a little bit insurance, but you know, Coleman's with um, Mike Miller's agency. He actually switched agents for the pre-draft process. And Mike, even though it's his second year as an agent, he had Paolo Bancaro last year. He signed Wendell Carter, both guys with the Orlando magic. Like Mike definitely has some say and some sway in the NBA kind of with teams, which I don't think people realize it's pretty important, like who your agent is and who they know. And I think if Coleman does stay into the draft, like he, I'm pretty confident that he'll get a two way, you know, like that's something I'm pretty confident in saying he just got invited to the NBA draft combine. So I think for a guy like him who maybe isn't, I just think sometimes guys don't want to come back to college and keep playing college basketball. I think if he stays in the draft, it's kind of a reflection of that. But if you, I mean, if you had to ask me to pick today, I would say he probably stays in the draft. Yeah, and, and I I want Coleman to do well. Like I think it'd be great if he, you know, got a got a two way and got a chance to play because I do think his game does fit maybe more in the NBA too. Like with the open court and his ability to kind of pass to also defend multiple positions and 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 I'm sure you've seen this too. But I've watched Coleman go through a five spot three point shooting thing and make forty three out of fifty threes. 
Like, I mean, and, and his shot just looks repeatable and perfect and smooth. And I'm just sitting there thinking, where where's that guy in the game? You know, he's has games where he's streaky, but the consistency isn't there. And I don't know whether maybe the spacing in the NBA may allow him to have more, you know, clean looks where he actually gets that shot off. And um, he might be more effective there. I don't know, but because I know I've seen it in workouts, you know, so I know he can do it. And now it's just a matter of him kind of making that, you know, transition. Yeah. I've always liked Coleman as like a long-term prospect dating back to prolific prep when he was playing with Jalen Green and Amari Burnett, because I mean, it's just rare that guys his size have the shooting stroke that he does and he some of the visions some of the some of the vision like the vision and the passes that he can make at his size it's a lot of the things you look for in the modern nba center and like you said there were games where he totally looked like an nba player then there were games where the shot wasn't falling and he was maybe a little bit unsure of himself and he didn't but i think when he puts it all together which may be a year or two or three years down the line that's definitely someone who can play in the nba so if you know if he feels like the g league and you know, G League NBA development and coaching is best for him to help get him there, then, you know, that's what he decides. And I think he could really turn into something one day. Yeah, so that's interesting. You know, and I think Illinois probably, if Coleman does leave, they probably look at a different guy. I think they probably more look for a traditional five, you know, a kind of rim-running, shot-blocking presence to replace him who can kind of be with Dane. And they, because let's, I love Dane. I think Dane's a really good player. I don't think Dane can play you know, 30, 30 plus minutes a game. I, I just don't think that's his makeup. I mean, he's more of a 20 to 25 minute guy. And he also battles some foul trouble too. So you're going to have a guy who can, so you're going to need a guy who can play there. So I, I think they'll probably look for more of that um, it, it, as we go through this, if Coleman decides to go. So it, Illinois basketball, What? so let's say they do add Ray J. Dennis and they, you know, Terrence Shannon returns. This team turned, I think this team looks pretty good. I think they're a top three Big Ten team. Am I wrong? Yeah, I'd probably have them third. Um, kind of curious to see what happens with Michigan State. Like, A.J. Hogard entered the draft without announcing it, which I thought was weird because, you know, kids these days, they Everybody love announces. the social media. Yeah. They love the social media, like, I'm declaring for the draft, blah, blah, blah. And A.J. Hogard, like, good college player, not an NBA prospect. He's just not on NBA radars, would not get picked would probably not get a two-way. So I thought it was interesting that he declared and then didn't announce it because I feel like the kids love the announcements. Um, and Jay Nakins, I would expect back as well. He's got a little more interest, but still someone that needs another year. But yeah, you know, after Michigan State and we'll see what happens with Purdue and Zach Eady, like the tea leaves I've been getting is that he is going to come back. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I haven't loved a lot of the big 10 off seasons this year. And so, you know, Illinois, you get a team that now they're old, now, on paper, they shoot it better than they did last year, which, I mean, it, it would be almost impressive if they somehow shot it worse. Yeah, that, that would take some talent to shoot would, it worse that, than that. Yeah, that would actually be impressive if they could replicate that. So, you've got an older team that will shoot a little bit better. You have Shannon, who I think would be the only all-Big Ten – I guess if Edie, if Edie comes back, him and Edie and Jameer Young would be the only all-Big Ten players returning. So – He's, you know, instantly one of the three or four best players in the league. And it just seems like a team that Underwood has traditionally won with. Older guys that buy in on the defensive end, kind of built around one star, but role players that support him. That more so is his mold. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think that's where they could kind of be a surprise team. So let's talk. Now, you've done a lot of NBA draft scouting. Tell me about 
what guy has stood out to you as you've watched some of these things? Is there a guy that you've seen that we're looking at the NBA draft um, coming up here in June? This guy stood out and said, hey, this guy's really good, or I really like him, or he's really made strides or made some progress in these workouts. Yeah, so I watched uh, Adama Sanogo, um, uh, you know, the UConn Final Four yeah. Final Four uh, player of the tournament. I watched him in Indianapolis workout. He actually shot it really well. It, it's kind of a set shot. Doesn't get much lift. He can't really shoot off the move, but just straight up catch and shoot. Um, that guy can actually really shoot it. And I was kind of, was never super interested in him during the year, but he's incredibly strong and he knows how to play. And it wouldn't surprise me if he went in the second round and was able to kind of carve out a role as like this um it's undersized center but has has more skill i think that people realize you talk about going away from the college game to the nba with more spacing i actually think that could help him because i think he has more skills than people realize uh the guy i haven't seen him work out but the guy i continue to love the more film i catch up on and talk to more teams is ucf's taylor Hendricks. he was a like a four-star out of high school didn't have a ton of big offers didn't play uibl kind of came onto boards early in the year but I've heard teams talk about him like going as high as fifth. Like this is a guy that on draft night, wow. people hear him, Taylor Hendricks in the top five, seven, ten. Um, he's like a three and D wing at the four, six, nine, good length. That's the other guy that I think will surprise some people. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good name. See, that's a good name. Great, great insight there. I, I love, I do love Sonogo from UConn. I, I really liked his game. Um, I think he does fit the NBA, maybe being like a, you know, potentially maybe an Al Horford type, you know, you know, where he's got that Billy space it, you know, and he's got a little, got some bounce too. You know, a younger Al Horford, right? So Al Horford's <laughs> like 82 now, right? So out there running up and down, but, but no, I, I think that he could do some things there. So interesting. Um, what, and you, I, I, you mentioned to me, you got to see Matt, Matt Meyer, um, Illinois, Matt Meyer go to workouts. How, how'd that go? His workouts. Yeah. Um, Matt, so, you know, Matt's kind of been on the NBA radars for a few years now. Like, I remember after they won the title at Baylor and he came off the bench, people were interested in him then as a prospect. And, you know, he isn't necessarily up to it, but a lot of teams are interested in him. They want to kind of do their due diligence, do their background work. So he's been working out for a handful of teams and seeing if he can get a two-way. He was invited to the G League Elite Camp, so that's like maybe guys 70 to 110 um matt was actually not at either workout i was at um but i got i did see him around the in indianapolis and so he'll have a bunch of workouts coming up a lot of teams are kind of curious about him you know his you know background checks his character uh he'll definitely have some interest it's a pretty big month for him because if he interviews well and he works out well for these teams i think he get a two-way but it's kind of on him now yeah it's interesting those must have been morning morning workouts <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were they were <laughs> but the, uh, you know when you're up late playing video games and drinking monster you you it's hard to get out of bed right i mean so it makes it a little, little more difficult so yeah I, um, i'm sure the, the monster thing will come up in quite a few interviews <laughs> that's awesome all right well hey i appreciate your time brandon simberg he is now uh he's going to be giving us all kinds of info on this nba draft process over the next uh couple months and uh we love love reading it so um appreciate your time uh and, and hey enjoy enjoy getting out and seeing these guys I, I know it's so much fun having it i've seen a lot of these workouts it's so cool to watch some of these guys 
um, get through their workouts with some of these uh, NBA teams and and with their agents and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and it's always fun to hear the scuttlebutt from those NBA scouts because it's so different. As you can attest, from one scout to another, you can have totally different viewpoint on a guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, Stephen, like, going back to a guy like Coleman, like, I've heard people say I would take him in the first, and I've heard people say I'm not interested. I wouldn't, you know, I don't yeah. know if I'd kill him. It, it, it really does. Um, it's a wide variety. So, yeah, I'm hoping to get to the Combine uh, next week in Chicago. We'll see. They're a little tight with credentials, but I'll at least be watching it and monitoring it. So we'll see how Hawkins does. I'm assuming Shannon will be there, and then Meyer as well in the G League League camp. So I'll be following along with those guys uh, closely the next few weeks. All right, Brand, uh, Brandon Simberg, fan-sided busting brackets. You can get his stuff there. Also follow him on Twitter, and you can find out lots of uh, great info on uh, not just Illinois, but on the NBA draft and college basketball in general. Brandon Simberg, thanks for joining. Sturdy 30 thanks for listening.